0: Welcome to Dallas. We're a community of faith that embodies the love of Jesus for the good of our neighbor and renewal of our world. We're so glad you're listening.
1: This is a very unusual morning for us and I'll explain that in just a moment. This is usually, you know, we we tend to think of this as a vacation Sunday. A lot of people are traveling and are coming back today from, from Thanksgiving. So this isn't a filler Sunday, this actually has become to us very sacred in what we're going to do here in the next few minutes, and I just want to set this up with a few thoughts here this morning. So please bear with me as I start with yet another football stadium parable or story. I know I'm on the verge of annoying you. Uh, I did not plan to go to two big stadiums within five days of each other that, that I, I realized in the summer, wow, I might actually be going to Lambeau and Ohio State the same week. Uh, <clears throat> but if, if you're not a football fan or you're like, oh my gosh, when's he going to start ta- stop talking about this? Uh, this, is, this is going in a direction that really has everything to do with you and your encounter with God, <laughs> using the picture of football, or specifically stadiums. All right, so as you know, I went to Ohio State two weeks ago to see my cousin play. Uh, He coaches for Indiana. He's the defensive coordinator at Indiana. And then five days later, I flew up to visit a a pastor friend in the North Point Partnership. He pastors in Wisconsin, about two hours away from Lambeau. And in both cases, you know, growing up as a kid, convinced I'm going to play football, part of the dream as a kid and a teenager, is walking out of the tunnel. This is the thing, you know, for football players, like walking out of the tunnel, not not the high school steps down and across the high school parking lot, but through one of the big college stadium tunnels into this electric atmosphere. And when the football dream dies, you switch quickly from walking through the the ground-level tunnel as a player into one of the upper tunnels as a fan into, into these stadiums. And so uh, it's, it's, it's powerful, and it's emotional. And I'm not going to say I almost cried when I walked into it. I didn't cry, but I felt overwhelmed. like, wow, the, the fifth largest stadium in the world on the globe is Ohio State Stadium. You know, w- over one-tenth of a million people. That's an interesting way to say it, I guess. 104,000 people filling the stadium. And I walked through that tunnel out into the... It, it, it's just like, you're not around this this many people often. And then a few days later, five days later at Lambeau, my friend Jason, I didn't know till the next day, he took this picture as I walked out and, you know, at one point he said my mouth was hanging open and I was just like, he was like, is Brad crying? I can't, but uh, he took this picture of me and showed me the next day, it's snowing and i it's like, wow, I'm actually here at Lambeau Field. Okay, stay with me. I know, I know I've been, for the last couple of weeks, using this as an example. But here's the point. I almost didn't go. I almost didn't go to either stadium. And, and for a lot of reasons, most of the reasons are really good reasons. Chad, my cousin, has been a college football coach for more than 10 years. His dad was a college coach. We went to JMU every weekend for five years when he was a coach at JMU, way, way, way back. And Chad has followed in his dad's footsteps, and he's coached all over and further locations. It's been harder to get to. And I've been thinking and planning and talking about for over 10 years getting to one of his games. And it's so sad that it's taken me that long. Jason and I met through, the, through North Point four years ago. Oh, my gosh, you live near Lambeau. Bucket list. We've had this conversation. We keep talking about it year after year whenever we see each other at retreats. And then this summer, I planned both at a family reunion. Chad and Mindy, my cousins, were talking about Ohio State. You know, it's that might work, and I put the date on the calendar. And yet, I still almost didn't go, even though these dates were on the calendar. Work—it's been a super busy fall for me. That week, the week of these games, a lot was going on, and I I have meetings. Uh, We had a young man visit our church a few weeks ago. He's been traveling since, but. Uh, he told me he's excited to come back on a Sunday morning. And the only time he could meet for coffee or lunch was the day I was supposed to be driving to Ohio State. And I packed my bag the night before and I told Amy, I'm not sure I'm going to go. I'm going to get in the car and go have lunch. I've just got to see what kind of emails are coming in and what kind of things are happening around the church. The Lings had just had Theo like that week. It's a long drive, seven hours to Ohio State and back. And then five days later, flying to O'Hare and then driving an hour and a half north to my friend's house in Wisconsin. And then the next day, two and a half hours further north to Lambeau and then back and then back in the cold. The forecast was super cold at both stadiums. I mean, there's just a lot of reasons not to go. And in Psalm 100, we have cracked open for us this reality of how God's presence is experienced, how God is known, how the activity of God begins to unfold in our lives. And it's a simple statement. In Psalm 100, verse 4, enter his gates, God's gates, where God dwells, where God is active. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with praise. Now, in the Old Testament when this was written, God's presence was in the temple. His actual literal presence on earth was in the temple. God created a space that mimicked, it was like a, a temporary replica of the Garden of Eden. In fact, when you entered the temple, you saw imagery and symbols and trees and that, that reminded you. It's like I'm, I'm re-entering the Garden of Eden as I move back to the space where God's presence overlaps with human presence. That's ultimately what the temple was. The temple was a foreshadow of what Jesus would ultimately bring, what the church is supposed to represent on earth, God's presence dwelling again with humans. We think of the temple as all these... Relics and religiosity and all these sacred things that are hard to understand. The temple was God saying, I so desperately want to be with my people. Even in brokenness, I'm going to create a space where I will dwell. With people, again, like in the garden. And then, of course, Jesus would would just elevate this to another level. As he comes and makes his dwelling among us, which we're about to celebrate in the weeks ahead. In the center of the temple was the holy of holies, or the, the holy place. And this was the literal place of God's presence. And there was this approaching from the towns and the cities in the region, approaching the city that contained the temple, and then actually entering the temple. And you, you approached, you, you drew near to God's presence, his actual presence, by entering the temple tunnel or gate, there were various gates, and you would come into his courts, the outer courts, and then the, inter, the inner courts before God's presence in the, in the center. And we're instructed to approach the presence of God, the closeness of God, the activity of God, the power of God on earth with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. If there's a formula to this, it's bring your needs to God. Tell God your emotion. Be honest with God about how frustrated the situation is or you wonder, where are you, God? Why do I sometimes see you and other times I don't? Be honest. Approach God with honesty. But may your first steps be in thanksgiving as you enter the tunnel, as you enter the gates of God's presence. We do not take the time. We seldom take the time to walk into the stadiums, through tunnels, out into the arena that awes us. Why is this? Talking about the ultimate arena, the presence of God. We pack so much into our days. We work so much. We sleep in. We stay up late. We focus our minds on what worries us or stresses us. We teach our kids. We fill our kids' activities with so much busyness that they're actually being taught. We're modeling to them, leaving no margin for the presence and closeness and activity of God, approaching him, making time in our lives to say, God, you are at work among humans in my community in my neighborhood in my church i see you i recognize in this broken world with so much hurt you have invaded this world with your presence and you are desiring that we encounter you we as parents we don't intend to do this it's not intentional it's not a conscious decision but we we smother the life of recognizing God's good and movement among us, even even in front of our kids, because of busyness or because circumstances have to be just right. I almost didn't drive to Ohio State simply because of the forecast. There's a chance of snow. I don't know. Do I want to do this? I, I'm so glad I did. It snowed the entire game. Both games, it snowed the entire game. In November, super weird for me in Virginia to be... For three hours outside of, you know, it, it, it was just like, it was like whimsical. Is that, the, that was the word you used the other day, babe. Like magic. And I almost didn't go because my hands might get cold. Or the drive is so long. Or I might get more emails that just, at some point we have to adjust. We have to make the decision and be intentional. We have to use our calendars. In our favor to say, I am going to make time for God and his activity. And I'm going to quiet myself long enough to see what he's actually doing. How he's been leading me. How he's been moving me towards this friendship, these relationships, these stories about God's work. In our lives, in my life. Let's read the entirety of Psalm 100. It's just five verses. I'm going to back up here and start with verse 1 shout for joy to the Lord all the earth are you a shouter what do you shout about maybe you're not actually even when you're arguing with your spouse or with your kids maybe you're not a shouter or a yeller but the emotion where do you direct your emotion Again, I'm, I'm maybe over, overplaying these, this parable of these stadiums, but I'm telling you, 37 degrees at Ohio State, 26. The announcer, during the first quarter at Lambeau Field, the TV timeout, the announcer says, okay, Green Bay, it's 26 degrees, and the place went crazy. The stadium, it, was like, it was like they just won the game. The stadium is just chanting and cheering with arms in the air because it was 26 degrees, what, what do we shout about? What do we cheer about? What do we elevate our voice? Where do we, where does, where do we direct our emotion? God's giving us this, this template as you approach the activity of God in your life. You want to see Him at work in your life. You want to recognize, you want your senses to be tuned into oh, He is moving around me, He is moving me toward good. Then direct your emotion toward God who's at work throughout all the earth, this broken world. We often start with the, 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 the wrong premise. Where's God? There's so much hurt. There's disease. There's, the news is just overwhelming. Where, the story of God is that we broke this world in selfishness and selfish choosing. He chose not to leave it, but to come into the, to invade this world with his love He's working in this broken place. And when we redirect our emotion toward the good that God is up to, the movement of God, our eyes are further open and our ears are open, Jesus says. And we see and we recognize, oh, this is what God's doing. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates, the starting place of God's presence. Enter that tunnel, that entry place, that gate of the temple. Enter his presence with thanksgiving. And his outer courts, and move into the inner courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is God. I'm sorry, for the Lord is good. And his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. What would your life look like? How would your relationships be affected? What would the trajectory, what what would your mood, thinking about the future, how would your attitude be changed if thanksgiving, gratitude to God, was a regular part of your life and your expression Something you verbalized. Speaking and relating. This, uh, this is something I journaled. I, I looked this up uh, at the beach in 2019. I, I, I just wrote this out on the sand one day. Speaking and relating from a place of disappointment, frustration, complaint is safe. And it only requires your control. This is why social media is such a mess. It's just, it's super cowardly to complain about other people or call other people out from the safety behind a screen. And you're in control when you look at a world and want to complain about who's in charge or decisions that have been made or what the neighbor's doing. Speaking and relating from a place of gratitude, the trajectory of your life, your verbiage becomes inspiring to others. It's actually risky in today's world. And it requires God's control. It's surrendering control of the unknown future, of what tomorrow may look like, what my life will look like if God is actually in control. That requires courage. I I, I wrote this at another beach trip, actually, funny enough. I, I'm going to just read to you from something I wrote. I think this was... Uh, two summers ago. Uh, something that I think God just kind of showed me and I've been wrestling with, and I, I, I'm going to just transparently tell you this, that uh, I tend to be negative and kind of vent to my childhood family, my parents and my brother. I don't even really do this a lot with my daughters or Amy. I'm generally a very positive person. I'm forward-thinking. I, it, it's... People have often said that, like, not only do you think vision, but you're really optimistic about the future. And I started this, I'm so optimistic and vision-focused, yet with my family, oddly, uh, not my wife or children, but my parents and my brother, I use them to vent my disappointments, leadership frustrations, and whatever I'm discouraged about. In fact, it had become such a habit that when I wasn't even aware that I was discouraged about something for some deeply internal reason, when with my parents or my brother, I'd find a way to use the opportunity and my trust with them to vent and unpack whatever I'd been subconsciously struggling with that week or that month. And God has been directing me, I wrote on the beach that day, to stop that practice and instead to practice gratitude with even the people who are most naturally the safest to process my life with. Sometimes we just have to be intentional to say this is, this is a redirection of what God intends for my life, not just for the sake of being positive, but for allowing the true activity of God to come closer to me. It's not that God is distant. Often you and I keep him at a distance because we want to retain control, and the safety of control often looks like complaining about others, what others aren't doing where God's not showing up. When God is actually at work in your life and around you already. It's as if the biblical writers are telling us the the access point to more of God's work in your life is gratitude. Approaching him, entering his tunnels into the arena of God's space with thanksgiving. Into his courts, the outer courts, with praise. So, for the remainder of our time here this morning, I'm going to ask Aim and uh, Fiama if you guys will just help me here with this. If, if if this is new for you, I'm going to just tell you right now: this is going to paralyze you for a few seconds, and you're going to look around the room and you're going to think, "Dear God, not me." What is Brad doing? And heart heart race. You know, uh, your heart's going to race for a little bit here. Um, we're going to open the microphone here this morning. And we're going to practice what we're preaching. Now, we would never call on you. Uh, if you're newer here with us, please, please don't feel. Look, I'm already, I've already offended Fabian. Oh, no, he's coming this way. Okay. I thought, wow, I'm losing people already. What, what we're going to do is Amy and Fiamma are going to have a wireless mic, and they'll just make their way to whoever I call on. If you'll just raise your hand. Uh, we're going we're gonna to open the microphone. Is this risky? Yeah, it's risky. I have pastor friends who tell me, I can't believe you do this. I cannot believe you do this on a Sunday morning. Uh, here's a few guidelines for how we're going to do this. We're going to practice giving thanks, and we're going to, don't think two or three minutes. Think more like 30 seconds, 30 to 40 seconds. Uh, this is not a time to tell us what you think politically <laughs> or how people should be voting. And it's not a time to express a prayer request. That's very appropriate when we gather, but in this moment, we're intentionally focusing on gratitude, expressing thanksgiving. Uh, if a child wants to come to the mic, and I'm, we've got Dulles kids this morning, so that may not be a thing today, but we say yes to that, we encourage it, but we just ask mom and dad to, to be at the mic with them and, and help, help uh, our kiddos think 30 seconds instead of eight or nine minutes. Um, okay, so <clears throat> why don't you guys go ahead and stand and just kind of maybe uh, take, take each, each of the aisles. And I'm gonna just predict, it's gonna be awkward silence for like 30 seconds and somebody hopefully will go first, and then that will just kind of bring, that'll calm the room a little bit. Uh, don't, don't try to be anything other than who you are. What, what is something that you believe you see God has been doing in your life, or maybe in someone's life around you, or, or he's been working in your church, or through a friendship here in your church family in some way, something God has been doing. And you're gonna just say, you know what? For a few seconds, God, <laughs> thank you, Jamie.
0: I'll go first. Um, throughout my pregnancy, I feel like God's been teaching me how to surrender to Him more and more, and how to go slower and thank Him, and uh, I guess cast my worries onto Him. So I want to thank Him and praise Him for that.
1: It's great, Jamie really really good yeah lisa
2: got that pounding heart you talked about um (laughs) so i just want to say um a year and a half ago i didn't even know you guys were here like i didn't even know that dallas was dallas church was here um And I just want to thank God for all the ways that he led our family to your church. And I can't talk without crying, especially when Amy's like in proximity, (laughs) she makes me cry. Um, But (laughs) Amy, watch it. But I am so grateful for the whole church, for all the support and the friendship um, and all the ways that you've helped our family. So I'm grateful to God for bringing us to you.
1: So sweet, Lisa. Amy makes me cry sometimes. (laughs) Just kidding, babe. Not really, but... Mariella, we're grateful for you, Lisa, and your family. So grateful God led you guys here.
2: Well, I'm so grateful for all the answers that God um, gave me for um, my shout of joy is because he, he takes his own time for answers. And... <clears throat> Even though um, sometimes we get anxious to get an answer, an answer, like right away, I know that the time that he responds to us is the perfect time, and I, I've been so uh, grateful for all the answers, including my beautiful family, my son-in-law, uh, and. Um, And all the answers that we we don't see yet, but we know are coming, and those responses will be at his time, which will be the perfect time. Yeah. And one more thankful for my friend, Karen, for her anniversary of life today. Happy birthday, Karen. And for putting her in our life.
1: So sweet. You should sing happy birthday, Mariella. If you really mean that, you would sing right now. No, that's super sweet, Mariella. This is where the crowd is like, please somebody else raise their hands. Somebody break the awkwardness. Anike
0: just want to thank God um, because last last year this time I I was going through a lot and God just showed me that uh, who he was you know I you know I always know who God is but he just drew near to me because what happened um, it didn't go away you know Um, I'm not rich I don't have a you know perfect life but God let me know that every hair on my head is numbered. And every pain that I have, he knows about. And he drew near to me to let, to let me know that in this life, I, I don't have to, to go through this life alone. So I, I want to thank God. Hmm. And uh, another thing I want to do is I just keep hearing a song. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not going to sing that long. <laughs> um, because in the churches that I grew up in, anytime you, they give you the opportunity to say something, you almost have to sing a little song. So I just want to say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you, Lord.
3: Hmm.
1: anike so so good you've become such a dear friend anike and the way anike prays for you i mean it when i say that and i want to say every day for you the people of this church it's it's just inspiring it's amazing and now anyone who has the microphone needs to sing their thanks I will Go not ahead, singing, and just. you guys
0: are all welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I will spare you. Um, I want to say that I'm very thankful for everybody here, and especially my family lives matter, friends, best friends, Chris, Alton, Tanya. Um, they've been wonderful, and I'm not going to cry, so I just want to say thank you, and I love you guys.
1: Really sweet really great, Dora. We've got just a few more minutes. It's it's powerful when we make this. You know, this is a room with people. When you speak out loud in the car by yourself for the first time to God, when you sing alone out loud, and you don't have the best voice like me, there, there's something inviting. I, I don't know that I still fully understand the spiritual gateway it becomes, but we open up the door. We say yes to God's invitation when we say, God, thank you. God, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna shout. I'm gonna express emotion for what you're doing in my life. Did I see someone? Oh, Tony. Um. I know I'm so thankful and grateful to God for this church, for this community uh, that we've built and are building. I'm thankful that my kids have been able to grow up within that um, for a very long time now. And I'm also very thankful for our men's fire pit group, which has really it has been God's way of really pushing me to explore my faith and that impact on life of itself. Wow. Yeah, me too, Tony. I can say the same thing. Thank you, man. Your family is just such an important part of what we are here. By the way, men, uh, fire pit every Monday night. We just talk about life and our faith. And one of our new friends, Turl from Azerbaijan, has been with us a another months. He cooked for us over the fire, the open fire, a couple weeks ago. And it was amazing. And uh, you're welcome anytime, anytime on a Monday evening. Okay, just a couple more minutes here. Trey. Uh, I wanted to say I'm thankful for the children's church. So it's nice that my kids are excited to come. Last night they even asked, Daddy, are we going to church? And they said, yay. So just nice to have a place that my kids like to come. It's exciting. So great, Trey. You and Steph... uh, Thank you for saying that. And you know, in our all call time this morning, before 30 minutes before church, we, we have about 25 people that circle up. And I'll just keep this quick. I really spotlighted our Dulles Kids team. Churches all over the country. I mean, I hear it all the time. They're struggling in their kids' programs. Uh, families not back from COVID or volunteers not, you know, showing up. And man, I'm telling you, our team is just on it. We've, uh, Kim has done a, a great job here and I'm really glad you took the time to express that tray. Papa Ling.
3: <laughs> uh, good morning. Um, most of you don't know me and my family, but we are Andrew's original Papa Ling. Um, <laughs> but uh, I just wanna be uh, uh, express our thankfulness for this church. Um, it's been uh, uh, answered prayer for the last few years. and. We always knew Andrew had a mission and uh, heart for God, and we really saw this church as uh, our answer prayer and his and and Jesse's answer prayer. uh, Second, uh, we would like to thank God for just this, um, what he has given us through Theo and and Theo, uh, the grandson, and uh, your family in supporting Andrew and Jesse um we are very grateful for that and um, we just praise god for for this uh community here
1: that andrew has and and jesse has that's great really great yeah i should be saying grandpa ling. yeah congratulations to you guys working with andrew has been uh in my professional life one of the joys of my life we uh We just have worked so well together, and we've become really good friends. I think we're going to be in a pickleball tournament together, like, in a few weeks. Don't know how that's going to go, but...
4: uh, We should all
0: go cheer you guys on.
1: It's in Winchester. Let's let's go. Um, One more. Let's take time for one more. Brian... Barely beat you, Adam. So let's do two more. Brian and Adam, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up with. Well, normally at this time of the year, I would say I'm thankful for being a Packers fan. <laughs> but it's been, it's been rough. But I would like to say that I'm very thankful for the team that I'm on here. Uh, working at the door, it seems like a small thing to smile or to shake someone's hand or to give someone a hug. Gary and I have a joke about hugging because during the whole virus thing, we were always worried about, you know, hugging, does someone want to hug? But I do believe that it makes a difference. So I'm thankful for my part here in this wonderful community. So great, Brian. And, you know, we just had a family, uh, they've jumped in, knew they have been with us two or three weeks. I uh, just moved here from Johannesburg, actually, and uh, it's amazing to hear, wow, in the front door, your, your team out in the lobby just made us feel so welcome. So to the whole Connections team, Leslie and Mariella and Lisa and all of you, just really fantastic job. Okay, Adam's going to finish out our time together. I'll be quick. Um, we live in a world right now, in my life, um, I don't think I've ever seen so much uncertainty in all things, you know, the political situation, the economic situation, just, uh, you know, there's war, a lot of uncertainty. So today I'm thankful for God's promises, um, Hmm. all of them, because there's certainty in his promises and it's probably the only certainty that we really truly have right now. That is a really good way to sum up our message last week about hope. What hope actually is, a lot, you know, we say, hope i hope but we're actually wishful thinking uh that is hope when we trust god is moving us toward good he has promised it even in a world of uncertainty well said couldn't agree more so let's continue this
4: Brad, i'm going to i'm going to close it actually. oh okay andrew. andrew um okay so a lot of you guys express thankfulness for the church and like the relationships and the friendships that you guys have that is a lot of it, a, a lot a lot of it, due to your leadership, Brad, and how you coach, how you display, and how you exemplify building true relationships and loving people. And that's, I think, the, one of the big reasons why we were able to experience that. And that also goes, a, a lot, everybody does a lot of stuff here. There's a lot of volunteers and stuff like that, so I'm not pushing that aside. But the Russell family in general, in the way that they open their hearts up in the way that they take in, in the way that they take on, I think is a reason why we're also thankful for this church. And so, Brad, thank you for That's nice, Andrew. your leadership. Thank you for your time. Russell family, thank you for also being that huge support and also loving us and supporting us in the way that you guys do.
1: Super sweet, man. Thank you, buddy. Andrew just got a pay raise. Just kidding. <laughs> I'll get an email tomorrow about church finances. and No, no, I'm just joking. That's really sweet. means means a lot to us. Okay, God, may we be a community that practices gratitude. There's so many reasons not to go to the stadium. There's so many reasons to not wake up early, to not do that walk, to not reopen those journaled thoughts your words and scripture. There's so many reasons to not join that group on a work night. Many of the reasons are good. May we use our calendars differently. Work deep into our hearts the intentionality to express thanks. When we don't, We see a world of pain and hatred and division and violence and disappointment and bullying. And we wonder, where are you, God? When we begin practicing gratitude, when we turn our eyes and our ears toward what you are doing, we push open the door to your invitation, to your movement, to your work, to your voice. So may we practice this as we now enter this Christmas season. In the challenges and uncertainty and just work stress and parenting, parenting stress, may we be people who express thanksgiving to you and see you at work around us, making better, fulfilling your promises, redeeming, working good into our lives. Thank you for being a God who loves us enough to come into this world and show us that you are leading us back to the garden. I love you guys. I've, I've, I've loved this time together this morning. I hope you have a great week.